Warning, the views and opinions expressed in the following episode of podcast may not necessarily reflect those of Gary Schaller, Ken Mills, or any rational human being. Parental guidance suggested. Uh, does anybody else have a hot wife who's going to say you're about to be podkissed? I have a hot wife, but she's, she doesn't want any involvement in this at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Kiss Army. You wanted the best? You got the best. Now close your eyes. You're about to be podkissed. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Podkist. I know I'm not a familiar voice unless you've heard me a guest a couple of times. I'm Chris Sinzak. I'm going to be the host today, and I'm joined with by some other inmates here in the asylum. This is the first non-Ken and non-Gary episode of Podkist, so you wanted Ken and Gary? Well, you got us. Joining me is Chris Karam and good friend Matt Porter and Am- Andrew Scambatti. How are you guys doing? Excellent. It almost sounded like you said Amber, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's an Amber Alert. Amber Alert. <laughs> Podcast is kind of on a roll after uh, you know a good amount of time off. There's uh, quite a number of episodes in a row going on, and uh, just happy that uh, Ken and Gary trusted us to run things this week. And, uh, <laughs> Sorry. Exactly. I know, that's pretty funny. But uh, we thought we juggled a lot of different ideas, and uh, I proposed a Vinnie Vincent conversation. That one got nixed, and... Um, but we're going to discuss something near and dear to all of us, which is the KISS long-form videos that have come out over the years. So, uh, Matt, why don't you tell people what we're going to be talking about? We know we're uh, obviously one of the most visual bands of all time. Certainly, as home video came back around, uh, they were represented by you know a lot of their classic clips, as well as some live shows. And we're going to kind of go through that list, see uh, what we think about the different ones they've released over the years and how they fit into history. Chris Karam uh, came up with the, the list, came up with a good list for us to go over, and we're going to try to get through all of these. There's a lot of things to go over with this. Um, Chris, what's our, what's our first video that we're going to talk about? Well, Chris, our first video was Animalized Live Uncensored. This one and um, oh, yeah. this was a uh, a big uh, video store rental for me. One thing I wanted to do, as uh, some of you know, I host the Decibel Geek podcast, and part of uh, the name of that is me being a geek, and I'm very analytical, and I like facts, and I like numbers and stuff. So uh, let's uh, go through a few of the numbers and view of the facts about Kiss Animalize Live Uncensored before we get into the discussion. This uh, video was issued in April of 1985. It was recorded at Detroit's Cobo Hall on December 8th, 1984. This show marked an important date in history because uh, Bruce Kulick became a permanent member of the band on that date. Eleven cameras were utilized to capture the band on this uh, broadcast. It was broadcast in January of 85 as an MTV special and was also broadcast on Detroit's WLLZ and other FM national stations. 
Um, the, the interesting things about this video, the classic era of the band was reduced just to five songs in this video. The rest of the sets uh, was generated just in a two-year period from 82 to 84, so they were very focused on the current period of the time. It was certified gold by the RIAA on February 12, 1986, went to number five on the Billboard Music Video Charts, and would also become Kiss's first platinum video. So, um, and those of those of you that can want to get it today, the only way you can get it is a basically a boot bootleg with Portuguese subtitles that was made from yep. a Japanese laser disc. <laughs> so, um, oh yeah, oh yeah. So, hopefully, maybe a uh, Kissology official release will come out from this. But uh, I, speaking for myself, my main memories of this video is pissing off the local video store guy because every time I walked in, he's like, "Let me guess what you want." <laughs> and I rented this thing every Friday, and I would watch it through the weekend. And it was—it's it, weird because kids don't do that anymore. They watch something once and they move on. But back in those days, you would get something you liked, and you would just repeatedly watch it. And well, I had every stage movement, every song, everything, every stage rap memorized from this entire video. So, um, what are y'all's thoughts on this? And why don't we start with Chris? What are your thoughts on, on from this uh, video? Well, my first thought is that the MVP of this video is Gene's wig. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that wig it? just, well, you know, because he had filmed the movie Runaway and he cut his hair real short. So he's wearing what is obviously a terrible onstage wig. Right. <laughs> and um, but funny, the funny thing is my first exposure to this was um, not even on the videotape, but rather my cousin Joe had taped it off of MTV on his dad's Betamax machine. Wow. And I can remember watching that in the basement, you know, for, like you say, hundreds and hundreds of times. And then, you know, later the video came out, and like just like you, Chris, I rented it quite a few times. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I have that Brazilian, quote-unquote, Brazilian import DVD, mm-hmm. where if you look closely enough, if you freeze frame it, you can actually see that they superimposed Portuguese subtitles over the Japanese ones. Right. <laughs> so, and because and, and when, when I was watching it the first time, I'm like, how come there's no option to take these subtitles off? And then, like, I caught a quick glimpse of it, and I'm, oh, I see why. Right. Right. But it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, talk about a time capsule. Yeah, Matt, what did what did you think of it? Well, you know, see, that's I think exactly what you're talking about. A time capsule is this one. I think really speaks to what was going on with home video because we had a VCR. I did tape it off MTV, you know, because of course it went out on the radio. And we're filming this one MTV concert. Woo! <laughs> exactly. You know, and uh, the funny thing was that at the time, you know. When I got it actually on VHS, which I still have, the actual version that he put out, there was more songs and the order was different. The MTV broadcast was edited different. Right. And But also I think the fact that it really does talk about the fact, like you talk about having to go and rent it. And again, I mean, we talked about a lot with the bootlegs and stuff. At the time, there were no real official Kiss videos. You had maybe like, I mean, maybe at that point, I don't even know if by 84, if I even had seen bootlegs yet. Because I don't remember really getting a lot of the bootlegs still around when the convention started, but the um, the idea that you know you could have this and watch it now. I mean, obviously, and I kind of we go back to it a lot when you think of okay YouTube and everything like that. You know, the the concert happened tomorrow is already on YouTube today, yeah. and it's the, but at the time to have this and and be able, like you said, to watch it over and over and over. I watched this a lot. Like I, I mean, you know, we can talk about the specifics of it, but I remember watching, especially the one that I had taped off MTV, like really watching it a lot back then. Yeah, and Andrew, well, you know, people know you as, a, you know, kind of a as, a, as Peter Chris. I, Peter's kind of your guy. What were your thoughts on Eric Carr, you know, being in the band at this point, and what are your thoughts of the video? 
Well, I love the video, um, but to me, the video scene, the video is great, you know, overall, but to me, it always illustrated the biggest missed thing in the band's history because you had this great visual band. You had, you know, Led Zeppelin putting out movies, Rolling Stones putting out movies, and Kiss puts out a home video release after they've unmasked themselves and after they've gotten rid of that great visual stage presence that basically all drew us to Kiss. Right. So you have this video, and although the video is great, and it's a really great representation of the time, and they were really on fire at this time. You know, Animalize was a great record. Even Lick It Up was a great record, too. But to me, watching this video, it's like, wow, this is great, but how much cooler would it have been if they released a concert from the Dynasty Tour, from the Amass Tour, from the Love right. Tour? Sure. You know, how much crazier would we have went? Because, yeah, we all went crazy because this was our first... Well, I mean, I wasn't even born when this came out, but, <laughs> oh, really? but, I, but I'm saying, uh, but I'm saying, I just adjusted kids. my wig, you know. Just, uh, <laughs> yeah. But this was the yeah. first visual representation of Kiss that you could take home, you could fast forward, you could rewind it, you could watch it, you could pause it, you could do whatever, mm-hmm. and they're without makeup. Right. And and you know, I, I like it. I mean, I've honestly I discovered it. You know, really, I discovered it maybe it might have been even 2000 because initially. I only liked Kiss with the makeup. I didn't even dive into any of the non-makeup stuff. So by the time I discovered this, it was way after the fact. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, it's cool, but it's missing something. Right. And, you know, yeah, I'm a huge Peter fan. I'm also a, a huge, huge, huge Eric Carr fan. And watching this video made me an even bigger Eric Carr fan. But to me, watching it, it's great, but it represents, you know, what could have been. Right. Because it's great. And have any of you guys ever heard the radio broadcast? No. You know, sometimes there's a lot of things we people want to do that we have to lie about. There's a lot of good times we like to have that we can't tell people we like. I tell you, there's some strange things going on behind closed doors when the shades come down. Who tries to be a real straight little good girl during the day. But at night, this girl is bad. Song's called Thrills in the Night. Thank you. 
Hi, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Podkissed. It's it's really funny to watch that concert and realize, wow, you know, seventy percent of this is overdubs. Well, you know, and wow. I, you know, and it's interesting because you, you saw it so far after the fact that, you know, that uh, it was like, wow, you know, they should have been in makeup. I uh, I was in heaven watching it when I was a teen, you know, a young teen because. I got into the band around Crazy Night, so I the oh. non makeup kiss was my first kiss, and so I when I saw this, I was like, "This is amazing!" and and I was like, "Listen to how fast the songs are. That's the way they should be played." That's how I felt back then, because that's what was new and that's what I was into. And now I look on it back back on it now, I'm like, "That's a little too fast on some of that stuff." But two things I take away from it: one, Gene Gene always gets crap for the wig that he wore. Well, what about Eric Carr's leopard leotard? <laughs> That's pretty yeah, cringeworthy pretty too, and also everybody uh, had one of those back then. Oh yeah, yeah, and uh, Paul slapping his ass. Yeah, that too. And um, I always thought it was interesting how things kind of came full circle because you know the baby with the long tongue shows back up on the last kiss. You know she's in the front row sticking her tongue out at Gene. Right, right, right. Good <laughs> Does anybody one. have her number? <laughs> yeah. <I wish>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. But uh, all right, so that's Animalized live uncensored, and uh, this next clip is from the Decibel Geek podcast. To hear more stuff like this, listen to my show, The Decibel Geek Podcast. Check it out at www.decibelgeek.com. You can also find us on iTunes. And now, Deep Thoughts with Gene Simmons. Sometimes I wonder why in the hell that itsy-bitsy spider kept trying to climb up that damn water spout. Stupid-ass spiders. That's why they don't have space flight, or tacos, or gymnasiums. Or huge books named Monster. 
from that, we got to move on to the first official long-form home video release, the much-talked-about Kiss Exposed, like it or hate it, and a um, few facts about Kiss Exposed. Released on May 18, 1987, um, was not filmed in Paul Stanley's mansion, was filmed in a place called Gray Hall in Beverly Hills. The host of the video is Mark Blankfield, who some Kiss fans will know from uh, Fridays. He was on Fridays, and who I remember from The Incredible Shrinking Woman. Um <laughs> Things that uh, also, it was released on DVD finally in March 2002. Uh, had a full magazine devoted to it. I never saw that, but I, I think I remember hearing about it. And um, the thing I remember most about it, the Paul Stanley workout and Gene's frog joke. I actually used to think that was a cool joke and would, would repeat it to people, but I don't know why. But um, I don't know. My opinion on this, it was really funny at the time, and being a young teenager, I really enjoyed the girls. And... Um, I watched, and it was my, it was kind of my introduction to makeup kiss. So, you know, I seeing those clips from Winterland and Gene spitting the blood and, uh, you know, all the makeup, and especially the Rio footage in front of all those people with I Love It Loud was, that really cemented my, uh, my fandom with kiss. But, uh, we'll start with Andrew this time. Andrew, what are your memories of, uh, watching Exposed? Again, here's another video I got a long time after it had come out. And unfortunately, by the time I got this video, I had already had all the, the bootlegs that are spotlighted in the video. You know, uh, Houston and Cobalt Hall, mm -hmm. uh, among a couple others. So to me, I thought the kind of the act that Gene and Paul putting on was kind of hokey. But <laughs> I, I laughed. I thought it was kind of cool. I'm like, here's a band that doesn't take themselves so seriously. So I thought it was kind of cool. Um, I thought Eric and Bruce were extremely absent from it. I'm even looking at the cover of the videotape, and I'm like, did someone just cut out Eric's picture and just like <laughs> right. tape it on here? Yep. So, uh, but I, I thought it was cool, and I I still watch it to this day because, and we even we touched on this on the last podcast about the bootlegs, but the transfers of the Houston footage and the Winterland footage and things like that are better on this video than what came out on Kissology Volume One. Yeah, absolutely. So this this was really cool. I thought this is one of those videos that. Maybe I don't watch as much as the other ones, but still very cool. And probably, I mean, you guys can shed some light on this too, but it was probably really cool when it came out mm -hmm. because I, I got it, you know, so far after the fact. Right, right. Matt, what, 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 what do you choose? Yes, I would, I would say exactly as it, it's another one that goes back to the time. You figure it's about 1987, so most of these things have never been seen. You know, and, and to, like you said, if you already had all the bootlegs and you had the complete shows, then it wouldn't be such a big deal. But, I mean, like, when you saw some of that early stuff, like, you know, it was like, oh, my God, this stuff exists. Yeah. And even, and you watch it now, and it definitely is, you know, it's their Kiss fantasy world. Like, you know, obviously you, you think that that's how they're living. I mean, they have all the girls, and they have that monkey walking around, and, and you know, he's <laughs> dressed in, like, Miami Vice. And, I mean, even the, the funny thing is, even some of the stuff now that obviously all these years later, but I remember kind of being annoyed. I mean, as much as like we're in that kiss vault and they find the ace doll and they're like kind of making fun of it. And they're like, well, I'm alive and well, and where, where am, am I? I? And I mean, even the funny thing, and this is totally geeky, but Gene says that the doll was made in 1977, but it looks to be a dynasty yeah, uh, costume. So That's he's next. wrong. And, you know, I, but I mean, even now, certainly one of the things that divides kiss fans is their love of ace or, or whatever the current lineup, and I remember at the time thinking, I wonder why they're ripping on Ace. Like, like it just seemed below the belt, even that at that time, mm -hmm. you know. And then a lot of the stuff, like I really enjoy 
the parts where they're a little more serious. You know, they're sitting there and they're talking about how things got started. And you can hear the difference in their voice, like in those scenes where they're sitting there and, and kind of talking about, you know, Stanley, uh, yeah, you look so cute. You right. know, like, but then when they're doing, the, oh, well, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic, you're like, we're into post-raisin brand or post-nasal drip or, po-, you know, like, Paul, you can hear in Paul's. It's a total put on there. It's just like, you know, I mean, sure, who wouldn't want to go caroling, caroling, caroling? And, and it sure seemed like a good uh, a good job that uh, to have. Right. <laughs> I just want to interject something really quick while you're talking about the, the caroling scene. Does anyone know, was this also filmed around the same time as The Decline of Western Civilization Part Two? Oh, yeah. Because they look almost the same. It looks the same. I, I got to think that it was. And, and the funny thing, because it... You can tell, like, even as much as, like, what you were just talking about, Kiss Without Makeup, they clearly are still playing characters of who they want Kiss to be. Sure. Like, like this is clearly all, everything is so made up to be a, the, the playboys of rock or whatever. And, you know, that it, in itself, like, now you watch it, and it, it is it almost, there's parts where you, like, when he's got the girl's heads coming through the wall, and, he's, <laughs> and you go... Like, this is so Spinal Tap at, at a time when Spinal Tap kind of came to define everything that was corny. Mm-hmm. And and to see all the clips was just phenomenal, all these, like, classic things. But then you watch it now, and some of that stuff where they're putting it on, you go, like like you said, it just parts of you go, like, this is almost, like, I love cheesy, but it's almost too cheesy. Like, parts of you go, like, come on, really? And But it did inspire a million different quotes. I mean, how many times have you yelled, edit her out? And, uh, you know. <laughs> I said it to Ken and Gary my first episode. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and who could forget? And I just the whole thing with the he- girls' heads through the wall and this Gene on the throne. What was with the white pants? I never could right. figure out the white pants and the cape. And he looks like the devil, and he's got like a little red, you know, red shirt. And I don't know. It's just they were trying. I just they were just trying too hard. I think he looks like he looks like Juan Epstein in that video. <laughs> <laughs> Now, careful, guys. We're going to get labeled haters by for saying this stuff. But um, well, but I, I think it's not. It's something that again, it almost goes. They're very like I, I like that term you used earlier that it's a time capsule. It really is, you know, a sense that at the time they're still trying to invent themselves as these kind of like larger than life characters with with very scripted kind of antics, and even back then they're relying on the fact you know Cassius did that episode recently about you know his kiss nostalgia act. But even then, they know that we, we want to just see this old makeup stuff, and, and here it was. And, and the whole video is, is laid out with how can we get into, you know, Deuce from San Francisco in 75. And, and that, was, that was kind of where they were with still, you know, uh, finally releasing a lot of that stuff. Right, yeah. And the, I remember, because I was really young when this was coming out, and, you know, I mostly knew Kiss from the non-makeup stuff. And, of course, I'd see the photos and stuff, but... I my first chance to really see them on video and live action, and boy that that gene at Kobo, you know, spewing the the blood. I watched it over and over, and I was just like, this is so creepy, yet it's the coolest thing I have ever seen in my life. And I, I watched it over and over again, and then I would also sit sit watching MTV, waiting for the compilation video of Rock and Roll Night that right. they pulled from uh, from Exposed. That's the best, you know, encapsulation of Exposed is that one five minute video. It's great. Yeah, everything in it. Yeah. Well, even even like you talk about a time capsule, and when they're in that vault. And they're saying we have all this stuff, 
and you're looking around and you see all those props and like there's the posters. To me, that's the coolest part. And you kind of go, uh, can you stay in there? And then they go like, you know, they show Joseph Kiss Sr. But then they go right into like Deuce from 76, Strutter from 76, or 75, 76. Then they got Ace's solo. They go into Beth and you go like, this is, this is Kiss. I mean, this is what we're looking for right here. Right. Yeah, it's uh, it's awesome. I still want to see the holster tape too. <laughs> yeah. As do we all. As do we all. <laughs> so, there you go. Well, Chris, I didn't get your detailed thoughts. What, what are your What are your thoughts on Exposed? Well, before I go into my thoughts, I just want to mention that History Science Theater did an episode that had a feature length commentary about Exposed. Yeah. Anybody uh, is well advised to check it out. It's a hoot. It is. It's great. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, to me, I hadn't. Um, I didn't even have a VCR when this first came out, but I got one shortly after. So I had no exposure to any of the Kiss bootleg videos that you know may have been out at that point. So all of this was new to me. This is you know I was like a kid in the candy store, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know I'm just watching this stuff. It's like you know it's got everything. It's got scantily clad women. It's got you know you know vintage clips. You know bad jokes. Scantily clad women. And the monkey. And at that age, I was at the perfect age. I was in, I was in you know my early twenties. So all that stuff just worked for me. I mean, you know, in retrospect, sure, some of it's a little corny, but, you know, who cares? It's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, the, like the time capsule thing, it's it's perfect. It's a time capsule of, you know, Kiss in the 80s. You just don't get to see a lot of Eric or Bruce, but unfortunately. Right. You know, it would have been nice if they, you know, got Eric Carr on for a few minutes just to, you know, even if he had some pre-scripted lines, you know. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's, it is what it is, and I guess Gene and Paul saw themselves as the stars of it, so... They wanted to tell the Kiss story from you know from their point of view. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's great though. I mean, just like I said, some of that stuff was first time for me, and you know, it led eventually to me going to you know record shows and Kiss conventions and getting you know the full shows on you know bootleg tapes like Matt and you know Andrew and I discussed in the last episode. Right. So I love it. And um, so that's that's exposed. And you know, I don't want to go on too far at length with it because we didn't really have it on our list, but. Uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up the unreleased Exposed 2 that was being made um, during the Hot in the Shade tour. And I'm, I can only surmise that it wasn't released because of Eric Carr's passing. That's the only mm-hmm. thing I can think of that held that up. I've got the, the three disc of raw footage that came out. And, uh, Me too. But, uh, and there's some, really, it, there's some cool stuff if you're a diehard. But, uh, I, I mean, I think they would have had to have done a heavy editing job to make it something for mass consumption. What, anybody well, we, got any thoughts have- on this? We never knew like what else was out there. We only had this one part of it. Yeah. I mean, who knows what it was going to be? Maybe they were going to use parts of the Detroit show and, and edit like the Detroit show and like this zany off the wall backstage footage. I mean, mm-hmm. we don't know. I mean, this is only one part of an equation that we didn't have all the factors for. Right. Personally, I love that stuff. It took me a little while to kind of sit through it because it is a bit of a hard watch because it yeah. it's literally the day from when they walk into the venue to when they go on stage. I mean, everything is shot. And you could and you could see the tension between Paul and Eric at, at that point, too, because yeah. everybody knows that Paul and Eric, they weren't on speaking terms throughout most of the, uh, the Hot in the Shade tour. So, I mean, who knows why it didn't come out? Maybe the band, they just weren't happy with what they shot. Right. Yeah, it's, it's interesting to look at. But... Um... Uh-huh. I've seen very little of it. I don't have the you know the DVDs or anything. I've just seen bits and pieces of it on YouTube. Oh. So I don't really I don't really have much 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 else to say other than that. Well, it's worth watching uh, just for the one fact that you get to see them rehearsing "Betrayed." In my opinion, oh, I, love, cool. I, I mm-hmm. love that song. Uh, but um, so we move on to extreme close up. I don't have a ton of facts about this one. I couldn't find too much. It was released on um, August eighteenth, nineteen ninety two. 
and we'll sort of we, we skipped one video. Um, well, maybe it's not maybe it's not really a Kiss video, but Kiss Me's the Phantom came out in '87 uh, on Good Times. Oh yeah, <laughs> yep. Oh, that was a stellar quality, uh, you know, video right. transfer if ever there was one. And everybody's head was cut off, but let me tell you, when I was a little kid and I walked into Kmart in 1988, 1989, I saw this video, had to have it. Right. Uh, yeah, I got it at Target, and uh, my I talked my dad into buying it for me. He goes, "What the hell is this?" And I said, "It's Kiss. It's their movie." He goes, "Oh, their movie, huh?" So this is a med. <laughs> he said, "So this is a medley of their hit." <laughs> uh. So, and he watched about five minutes, and he's like, "I think I'm done." <laughs> so, but uh, so, and, sorry, sorry. You know, I just want to make, mention quickly the one video that kind of slipped in between exposed and extreme close up the uh, the short form video, Crazy Nights. Right. Oh, yeah, the, the, the same video exactly. three times with a different soundtrack. Well, you know, you know what's funny about that is that when Paul was doing an interview for Exposed in '87, he said. You know, we didn't want to just slap a bunch of videos together and put it on a video cassette. We wanted to make something special for the fans. And then a year later, they put out a 12-minute video cassette. <laughs> With three videos, no, no interviews, no backstage footage, no nothing. And We're never going to put the makeup back on. I mean, this is Kiss today. That was Kiss yesterday. Yeah. He meant that, you know. You take that back. This is our farewell tour. You're never going to see the band again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're right. Yeah. You're right. But, I, yeah, I have that video, and I watched it. A handful of times, but that's because I have a sentimentality for Crazy Nights because that was my first Kiss record. But, but it was you know it's just three MTV videos. But it was nice to have at the time instead of having to sit around waiting for MTV to actually play it. So, um, but Extreme Close Up. This was the I think I think I could safely say this was the home video that Kiss fans had kind of longed for for a while. That would have the entire history of the band together and. You know, um, the Revenge lineup put this out, and but it, it's a great um, from beginning up till that time history of the band. Of course, it's you know Gene and Paul's slant to it, but I think it was great. And there's a lot of really great pictures and you know videos that we hadn't seen up to that point. So I have nothing but good memories of of watching this video when it came out. I remember buying it new and watching it constantly. Um, so uh, Chris, what what is what's your memories of Extreme Close Up? Well, like you, Chris, I love it. I think, you know, at the time it was a great because, like you said, you finally get the history of the band and, you, you know, you got some coverage of some stuff you, you know, you may or may not have heard of. The only um, thing that I didn't like about it was the fact that some of the clips were edited right, yeah. or cut off in the middle or they just gave you like 10 seconds of something. And the reason I say that is because, I mean, there seemed to be some rule that any Kiss Home video, with the exception of Crazy Nights, had to be 90 minutes long. No shorter, no longer. Mm-hmm. Every Kiss video, I think, from Analyze Live through uh, the Kiss My Ass video, they're all like have a 90-minute running time. And I'm thinking, you know, if they'd shown some of the full clips, I mean, VHS tapes you could put up to about two hours on on a tape. They could have easily put, in some cases, the full videos or not cut some in half or talked over. You know, you know what I'm talking about. Right. And um, but other than that, it was great. You know, I thought it was a it was it was refreshing. It was also uh, the first instances where Gene and Paul started um, talking a little more candidly about the past, and especially Ace and Peter, because you know when Gene and when Gene and Paul were doing interviews for Revenge, this was like the first time you they started saying, you know, this is really what happened. Ace, you know, did this. Peter did that. Blah blah blah. So it was, it was a little jarring, but at the same time, it's a great video, and it's you know I recommend it. They even gave um, Eric and Bruce some some you know time on screen to talk about their experience so i i loved it yeah matt what 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 do you remember from extreme close-up 
you know, and I, I love seeing the Revenge Club Tour stuff. And I mean, obviously, it's 1992, which uh, was a very good time in my life. I think about that a lot, you know, as far as when this was out. You know, they were really, I think, starting to recognize their impact. You know, when Paul says stuff like Kiss is a lifestyle, a force, you know, a pack of dog, it's, it's whatever you want it to be. They were starting to really realize the impact, I think, that they'd had. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, it's a ton of great clips. I'm not, all, like, watching it now, I'm not as thrilled with it's the story of Kiss thrilled, told through Gene and Paul, because you do miss Ace and Peter's. I wish there was one video that had them really commenting as well. Like when, like when Gene comes up, well, Ace came up with the logo, but then he throws in, but Paul refined it. I mean, come on, for, for all these years, yeah. we've been told Ace came up with the logo. It's like they're diminishing his role. I, I just, things like that still just don't sit right with me. And I mean, even the fact that clearly that what they're saying, they're trying to make it look candid, but it's clearly all scripted. And like the one part where Gene can't remember... Well, his name was Peter Chris Cola, or maybe it was Peter Chris. You know, Gene, you remember everything. You know, you remember Luke Costello's girlfriend's name, and you know, the, you know, <laughs> quick, better, quick. <laughs> quick, quick, who's got that? And it's like, you know, and I mean, I like when they say stuff like, you know, look, the critics never got it. You know, you listen to Emerson, like and Palmer, not me. And, and right. it was they were justifying, I think, the fact that that they had still survived and that they never got support from. Rolling Stone or or the or the general press, you know certainly the rock press, and everybody thought Kiss was a joke, and here it is all these years later, and they're having the last laugh because they're still around, right. and obviously this is 1992, and they're they're really inventing themselves, you know, again with this kind of heavier look, you know, you're you're uh, they're throwing and they're they're cursing a little bit more when they talk, which obviously you never heard when they were on broadcast TV. Um, but I think that, it, you know, it really was. I think they were starting to really feel that. Like, here's look at this group of clips that we have, which is, again, just a host of great stuff that, for the most part, you know, we were just maybe finding on bootlegs. But it, it really is the start of, I think, very much recognizing that, look, we, we overcame a lot of what people said we would never do, which was last. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's true, because the whole revenge thing was them – Kind of saying, you know, look, we're still here whether you like it or not. And the only and you you bring up a good point though because one thing I didn't like, and this is just me speaking as a guitar player. Yes, I think Bruce played amazing on Revenge, and I love what he also did on Carnival of Souls. But I hate how they downplay what he did in the '80s. So like, I I guess because it was like since grunge was coming in, we have to badmouth the stuff that we've done over the last ten years. And I was just like, you right. don't you don't have to, you don't have to beat down the past just to puff up what you have right. out now. And, well, I think and the... Bruce, yeah, Bruce says something like, "Oh, Gene looked kind of silly or whatever." And you go, "No, wait a minute, everybody looks." They silly. all did. You know, it's like yeah. you know, that was the look, and you're exactly right. Like you know, at some point. Like we, if we're watching a Kiss Home video, we must have probably loved it. I mean, it's like you don't have to tell me it sucked. Yeah, I mean, I just I, I, that's one thing that the band has done a lot over the years that I've I've always it's always rubbed me the wrong way because like because as fans we like all eras. I mean, most a lot of us do. We like you know right. 
the, the era that I got into them was Crazy Nights, which, you know, some people, oh, that sucks. They were trying to be Bon Jovi. Well, I happen to like that era. But, you know, it, it don't – I just hate that they, they downplay so much of their past to try to pop up, you know, pump up what they're doing now. And it's like you don't have to do that. You can be proud of all of the stuff you've done. And they've, they've done that more in the last few years. I think they finally realized they don't have to try to be so current and everything and try to be cool as much as they used to. You know, I do like the part where they are talking about the early history of the band and they talk about Wicked Lester. And even Paul and Gene, they both say, and then this guy stumbled in and they were kind of like they thought he was homeless or whatever. But they, when even, I don't care if it's scripted or whatever, but when Paul says, but when Ace plugged in, it was magic and we knew we'd found our guy. Yeah. To me, that's the stuff I love. I mean, oh, yeah. Because you love the idea of, of them thinking about what was the birth of the band and really recognizing that was some special ingredient that was brought by this guy with his different color shoes. And when he plugged in, it didn't matter who else was there. This was their guy. And that's the kind of stuff I really enjoy. I mean, because it it, it makes you realize that, you know what, that's how they started. Somehow they got this mix of guys and, and there it was. Andrew, what are your thoughts on extreme close up? I absolutely love this video, but before I get into what I liked and didn't like about this video, this video sprouted the most quoted Kiss line in the history of the band. What's that? If you like us, good. Yeah. If you don't like us, that's okay too. If you're in the middle, get out. Get out. <laughs> and like when I heard Paul say it the first time, I'm like, that's the. I'm going to use that every day of my life. Right. That's the. That's so. It gave birth to that, and I thought it was so cool that the, the band, you know, like you said, they were trying to speak more candidly. I mean, this was basically the tails to the heads of the Kiss Exposed video. You had them right. being hokey on Kiss Exposed, and now you had them being very serious about, you know, what they did and how they created, you know, this band Kiss that, like you said, we've obviously loved if we're watching this video. Uh, I liked the edit that. I'm not sure where it originally came from, but I saw it on VH1 years later, the edit where the, uh, Sebastian Bach was basically mm-hmm. emceeing the, the whole video. I thought that was kind of cool to kind of have someone you know, narrating, kind of guiding you know, where this video is going to go. So um, there's the normal version that came on a VHS. I'm not sure where the Sebastian Bach version came in, but that's it, the one that uh, I saw. The Sebastian Bach version was from a uh, pay-per-view that came out on satellite. Ah, uh, yeah. So I saw that. First uh, on MTV. No, no, not MTV. Maybe it was VH1. It's probably VH1. Yeah, I yeah. saw that first, and then I tracked down the actual the long form video. So I, I thought it was cool. Um, I thought the band speaking about you know what had happened and where they were going that was even cooler. Um, like Matt said, or, or like who said it before. I wish you know Ace Peter and even you know Vinny right, right. and and Mark at that point could have came in and maybe added their two cents as to you know what they brought to the band and. Um, when they talk about the 80s, I think maybe at that time the reason why they were trashing the 80s is because in the 80s, or basically since they took off the makeup, they were trend followers. They weren't trendsetters. You know, in the 70s and even in maybe the early 80s, very, very early 80s, maybe like, you know, creatures around there, they were trendsetters. They were setting the bar so high that no one could touch them. But by the time the makeup came up, they were kind of chasing all these different, oh, we want to be Bon Jovi or we want to be this or we want to be that. Um, personally, I, I like it all because Kiss is one of those bands that have so many different sounds that whatever mood you're in, you can say, oh, I want to listen to this time period. I want to listen to that time period. Yeah. But I, I guess, you know, in closing, I thought Extreme Close-Up was 
a great video because it was the first time that the band was sitting down and telling you about their history. Sure. So um, we move on to 19, July 20th, 1993, and Kiss releases Confidential, with a K, of course. And um, I, I this, I have to, for my own personal state, I have to say this was the height of my early Kiss fandom, really, because I had seen them first on the Hot in the Shade tour, and then I had just seen them on the Revenge tour when this came out. And I had seen them that previous uh, November here in Nashville. So I was huge into Revenge and huge into the lineup with Eric Singer. And I was loving, you know, his drumming with the band and how they were, you know, updating and modernizing the sound of the of the old songs. I was into that. And um, some facts about Confidential was released uh, on July 20th, 1993, as I said. It was it video charted for 57 weeks on the Billboard music video charts. And... Uh, Reached a high position of number two, certified gold on October 13, 1993. And also a special one-hour radio show CD called Kiss Confidential, the radio tapes came out. This is Gene Simmons of Kiss. Keep listening to this station for Kiss Confidential, the radio tapes. It's an exclusive one-hour program of great music and vintage live tracks from our new video, Kiss Confidential, and our CD, Kiss Alive 3. Don't miss it. So there was there was they did do a lot of press for this and uh, as much as I love the Revenge lineup and I I still love watching this today I, I'd be lying if I didn't say my favorite parts of this were the candid discussions with the band especially the outtakes and reading the the uh, fan questions and also the obviously the classic video clips that they put in the middle so um, let's start with Chris on this what are what are your memories of Confidential well one thing that um, you know it's it's a great home video but. There's something about it I've never liked, and it's more to do with the presentation of the video than um, the performances themselves. The graininess? Yes, the graininess and the fact that the missed the footage like was edited in from different takes. Right. Like, for example, in one take, you know, you've got Gene wearing the F censorship for, shirt and then the you know Hard Rock comic shirt. Right. And, I, I, and to be fair, Van Halen and Paul McCartney also that same year released videos in the same style, so I guess that was kind of an in vogue way of doing it, but it kind of diminished it for me. I just wasn't more like I said more the presentation. Now you jump forward a year when they showed a Love Gun clip from the same concert on the Kiss My Ass video. It was it's just awesome. a straight video clip, and I and I loved it so much more. Right. It just looked you know regular and normal compared to that. But you know, but fortunately uh, they've released a, a more, well I can't say a complete version on Kissology, but there's a more complete version. Right. And it's just the straight video feed. It's no fancy editing, and it's a much much better to watch. But yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff like the the classic clips, um, and uh, you know the other thing that's kind of noticeable to me, they already seem to be backpedaling a bit on the negative comments on that one, mm-hmm. because there's at least one instance where they say, you know, we want to show you footage of Ace and Peter. They were you know important to the band. Right. They were founding members, and I wonder if you know maybe they'd gotten some feedback from the fan clubs or. You know, you guys need to cut back on the negativity or something like that. But, you know, no. it's it's a good time, again, a time capsule. But I just wish that they had represented the Revenge show a little more. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe bump the, the running time up to two hours and put a few more songs in. But other than that, you know, it's it's I do like it, though. Yeah. Matt, what are your memories of this? You know what? I'm going to agree 100% with Chris. I think that the look of it is clearly a, it's an effect that's added later, yeah. and I don't like it. I think for a live for a live video, I, I would rather see it as straight video. I will say, and this is something that uh, 
that the um, only the the real kind of video geeks and, and I know the guys in history science theater will recognize the uh, glass cracking effect as a video toaster effect at the start and uh, that's like so inside but uh, and I'm gonna send this out to them ready with okay there we go and uh, they'll know what that is uh, I like that and obviously the fact that um, take it off you know you talk about it, it's from different shows great compilation of all the wonderful performance artists that joined them on the tour. Oh, yeah. That clip, probably more than any other, um, <laughs> is worth watching over and over and over. Can we show and, Buck? Uh, <laughs> you know, and, and I really, I think, uh, you know, it's funny because they, it's so rare that they've ever had really a lot of, you know, anybody else on stage that that was something different when they're calling for these uh, – you know, lovely young gals to come out and do their thing. And, uh, and I think uh, that's pretty fantastic. And the one last thing I would say, I mean, obviously it's the revenge era and it's a lot of fun and they do throw in some old clips, but why is Bruce wearing a shirt that has the stars logo all over it? And anybody that listened to my Ooh. interview with Richie Rano in the kiss room will know exactly what that means. So, well, yeah, I never noticed that. Wow. Well, it's not, it's not the stars logo, but it looks like it. It does. Every time, his shirt, he's got it all over the shirt, and it looks like the pattern. And every time I look at it, I go, look, he's got the stars logo all over his shirt. So some obscure uh, references from me on that one. But, yeah, overall, I mean, obviously, it's a, the Revenge era is something I really enjoy. And, uh, and this video is, is a, a nice uh, take on that whole time. All right. Uh, Andrew, your thoughts? To me, I think this video represents what a hodgepodge this era the band was. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is, you know, to me, Alive 3 was the most panned of all of the live albums because it sounds like it's an album that was created in the studio. It doesn't sound like something that happened live in front of your face like Kiss Alive did or Kiss Alive 2 did. So when I popped in this video for the very first time and I heard the same exact soundtrack that I heard on Kiss Alive 3, I was kind of like, well, that's kind of very underwhelming because it's like, you have all these different shows like thrown together trying to make one and trying to be artsy in it. I, I, I didn't get it. I, I, I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed much more, you know, as you all said prior to, I enjoyed much more the show that was released from Detroit, just the full straight show because I thought that captured you know, the Revenge era much better than this. What I did enjoy about, the, about this video is, is like you guys mentioned before, all that candid backstage footage, you know, Bruce calling Gene a slob and, you know, Paul. You know, <laughs> Paul to his weight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and Paul saying, uh, "Listen to my favorite singer-songwriter." Yeah, Who? Me. me. Yeah, that's you know, great. Clips like that were, were cool. Yeah, Gene sleeping in the bus. Yeah, stuff like that. <laughs> stuff like that was really, really cool. And, and I love the stories, you know, that the, that the band had going back and forth. That's my favorite part mm-hmm. uh, of the video. The yeah. live performances I, I could do without. This is probably the video that I will put in the least. Really? Because I much rather just watch the Detroit concert if I want to see something from the Revenge Line. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Well, I can't believe I got through all three of you guys and not one of you has mentioned the Crusher. Oh, yeah. oh my <laughs> God! Yeah, this is well, not trick photography. That's the highlight say, of the whole video. I did say we appreciated all the performance art. Oh, well, there you go. Oh that's yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> that was one of those where instead of take it off, it would have been put it on. Put it on. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And now, Deep Thoughts with Gene Simmons. Kiss Pop-Tarts, you'd buy them. So, uh, okay, so that's confidential. And then we come to 
Kiss My Ass. Okay, now let's talk about the next video. Be nice. All right. Kiss My Ass comes out and uh, October, or no, August 23rd, 1994. Kiss My Ass, the video and companion piece to the tribute album. Uh, the, Andrew mentioned hodgepodge. I think this video would qualify as a hodgepodge in and of itself. That To me, um, one of my least favorite of the home video releases because it's very slapped together. There's a few cool things. At the time, it was really neat to see some stuff that they were going to include in history, especially you know some of the, the photographs of them without makeup in the 70s. That was neat. Um, you know, and you know, them, uh, also previewing what was going to be the Carnival of Souls uh album cover that never came to be but um some of the 70s clips are good but i think they used some pretty bad performances in this one because uh like um do you love me from madison square garden that i know that was a big night for those guys but in my opinion that was one of the sloppiest shows they ever played um radioactive doesn't look very good from 79 on here i mean um I don't know. It's it didn't come off well to me, and that's just my opinion. I think it was cool to get the Saturday night Saturday Night Live skit. Skit. I thought that was fun, but the stuff of the bands in the studio, I, I would have actually would have liked to see a little bit more of that, honestly, because the tribute album I liked a lot. But uh, that's my thoughts on it. And let's uh, let's start with Matt. See, that's, I'm I'm going to say I actually really enjoy this. Although the the misfire on this one is they shouldn't have called it "Kiss My Ass" because it really doesn't promote the tribute album. They should have called it "Kistry," and it should have been the video companion to the book. That's because good. to me, that was what was exciting when they're going through like pulling out some of those photos. Like I don't remember seeing the Brown Destroyer cover before, yeah, or cool. some of those pictures. And, and now at that point. You're starting to see that they're giving, like, they're giving, I think, everybody the respect. Like, they show the picture of Ace holding up the big beer stein, and Paul's like, you know, look, there's the face of a happy guy, and I'm happy too. And, you know, and I think now they're being a little more real. It's, if you look at what we've talked about so far, you have the way corny on Exposed, yeah. you have the very serious on, you know, the, uh, the revenge ones. But then on this one, you know, now they're talking a little bit more open. They're looking through some of these pictures. And like Paul, you know, at one point he says, you know, um, you know, look, we were kids from New York out to see the world. And when you again, to me, I guess any time when they reference the early history and they they were showing those photos and, and obviously things that some of those photos had never been seen, the, the stage drawings, the concept stuff, you know, it really I enjoy the fact that it is such a hodgepodge. You know, like you said, you get that, that Saturday Night Live skit. You get all the TV commercials. You get little bits of the videos. Like, you get them doing, like, you're not going to hear them doing Radioactive again. Um, so when, when that, you know, that show, I love that show that that's from. They play everything really fast. But when are they going to play solo album stuff again? But, like, the, the, the way that this one really does match more to the history book then and then yeah it's got like what it's got the anthrax cover and it's mm, got the gin, gin blossoms, blossoms cover yeah. but other than that it, and he talks about okay here's what the different covers will look like in the different countries or whatever yeah but it has more in line with the history book than you know than it does the the kiss my ass album right and i think at the time it's funny how times changed because at the time I think what was the history book was like a hundred bucks or hundred and fifty bucks or whatever. Yeah. And now they got the monster book which is four thousand. And the funny <laughs> thing was I re- I'll tell you a funny story. I remember it distinctly was I was really kind of badgering my wife and I, I'm not even sure if we were married at the time, but like, oh I really want to spend the money on this book. I really am complaining because I really wanted to spend the money on this book. And she finally turns and she says, 
will you shut up? I already ordered it for you. And at the time, that was a lot of money, but, you know, for a book, you know, but I mean, but I think this really, you know, seeing them reminisce about their past is really what I had kind of waited for. Like yeah. that to me is really more so than through the kind of scripted or, or, you know, a little more put on versions that we had seen. That's what I ultimately really want is, and I think ultimately my, my dream video would be, they would almost do it, you know, where they get the original members to watch stuff and commentary live, you know, on just everything. Because you want to get that feeling. When, like, what was it like when you're twenty-something years old, and you know you're you're ruling the world? And and I think you've got a little sense of that as they're looking at those photos. Maybe, you know, what that might be like. Right, right. Uh, Chris, what did what do you think of this video? Well, my opinion uh, pretty much mirrors what Matt said. I, I like I kind of like the fact that it's just a. F- to me, it was just a fun video because you had some obscure TV clips, the classic, you know, commercials with that narrator who sounds like he narrated the Untouchables back in the 1950s. <laughs> you know, yes, burning out the country with fire and thunder. Yeah, I swear that guy, I swear that's great. That guy had to have been in radio back in the 50s. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah right. You know, that, but yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was great. The one thing that I took away from it, me and my friend used to always say this: that whenever Bruce and Eric are talking about Ace and Eric Carr. Uh-huh. They definitely sound like they're reading from a cue card. Oh, they probably were. It's so strange. It's like uh, Ace played some great licks, and you know, and Eric's like um, Eric Carr was the force in the band that kicked them in the ass for eleven years. And it's just it's so obvious that they're you know just kind of okay. Well, let's you can say something about the guy you replaced, you right. know, and that kind of thing. But other than that, I, I think it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, the one thing that's funny about it, and again, it's a technical thing that. I'm watching the footage from the Dynasty show, the Largo show, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, my bootleg looks better than this. Right, yeah, right. It, it looks washed on the back of the video cassette that said some of this footage may not be up to you know modern standards or something like that. Right. So they covered themselves, but it's just like, wow, my bootleg that I bought you know three years ago is better. It looks better <laughs> than their copy. I'm like, I, I almost felt like saying, you know, they should have called me up and I would have given them my copy. <laughs> right. But I love it. I think it's a lot of fun. You know, the only thing is we didn't, we never did get to see that Carnival of Souls album cover, obviously. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I like it. I think it's really great. Andrew, your thoughts on this? This was my very first Kiss video oh. uh, that I ever that I ever got. So this will always hold a special place for me because this was my first time ever seeing anything like this. You know, when I became a fan, I was going to the video store all the time trying to find a makeup concert, trying to find a makeup concert. Could never find one. And then initially, when I saw this, I just thought it was a VHS tape of all the things that you know were packaged in Kiss My Ass. I, I didn't really like Kiss My Ass. I still don't. Hmm. Um, so when I finally like sat down and read this in the video store, you know, on the floor in the middle of the aisle, you know, like like a, <laughs> like, a like a kid, yeah. I saw what was on here and I had to have it. So I come home and I, I'm seeing this video for the very first time, and you know, Matt hit Matt hit it right on the head. This is really the video companion to history. This was Kiss finally realizing where the money was to be made. The money was to be made in. A uh, kiss being a nostalgia act, you know whether fans want to admit it, but this was when it started. It started, you know, yeah. ninety three, ninety four. Yeah. You know they realized that the new kiss, you know, with Eric Singer or Kiss being heavy or Kiss being a grunge band wasn't going to work. So they realized that well, what's going to sell records is probably what's going to, you know, be the future of this band. It's going to be the makeup. 
Right. So this was them digging back saying, okay, oh, well, forget about all those things we said about Ace and Peter. We, we still like them. You know, we're, we're, <laughs> yeah, we're yeah. Still, you know, forget all those things. We still like them because without them, we wouldn't be here. Right. You know, and, and forget what we said about, you know, us not putting the makeup on because, you know, we're going to show you a bunch of makeup videos and, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to, oh, the Kiss conventions, they're doing really well. Well, let's do our own so you can see the makeup and the costumes. So you want makeup songs? Let's play makeup songs. Mm-hmm. So this was kind of the seed that kind of sprouted into, you know, what Kiss is today in 2013 so yeah well and call me a a conspiracy theorist but i i honestly i i always kind of especially in hindsight now looking back i kind of thought that that paul and gene were at this even as early as this were already starting to think maybe we should start you know being a little bit nicer to ace and peter because i think they were honestly the wheels were in motion i think even that early to think about a reunion. Absolutely. Because, oh, totally. I totally because agree. Because money was drying up for the band at the time. They had to have been thinking about it. Well, I, I, I heard an interview or I read, a, I read an interview somewhere that, you know, Bruce is only getting $1,000 a week. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine being in Kiss and all you're getting is $1,000 a week? Yeah. I mean, I know everything else is covered for the guy. The guy gets as many guitars as he wants, but this was a time in the band where the band wasn't raking in, no. you know, millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. Like you watch the 2020 clip from the dynasty tour and, and what they bring in the year, you know, $117 million yeah, or something some, like that. Something I, think, I think that was exaggerated though by their, for PR though, from yeah. what I've read. It, it could have been, but you I mean, know, I'm not saying, I'm not saying they didn't make a lot of money. They were making mm-hmm. boatloads of money back in that time. But I, I, from what I've read that the theater, uh, the figure was kind of inflated obviously for, yeah. to make them look sound bigger, but yeah, it, it, infla- inflated or not. But oh yeah, they weren't making the money they were no, at that time. It was so a big fall. You so you had them at this time, and, and I'm glad someone mentioned this was a hodgepodge because to me this was a video that they threw together because they were like, well, we need something uh-huh. to you know basically promote this history book to let them know that history is not Kiss now. It's not Kiss in the '80s. It's basically going to be a, a, a the biggest portion of this book is going to be about the makeup. So let's. Let's show that. Let's promote that. Let's put out a video with all makeup clips, and let's put a book that's basically all makeup stuff. So yeah. they were really trying to dig into their past to see where, where can we make money in this brand that we've worked so hard for. So we go. Well, you know, before before we switch gears on this one, on Kiss yeah. My Ass, and Andrew, you'll recognize it. There's footage of the Kiss Expo that's the from the Rothman. Yeah, and I remember getting that and being so thrilled because you recognize people. And you recognize that was our convention. That's the New York, New Jersey. And, and you know, since we had been at that one, when to see what that one pop on there, it's like, yeah, that's our, that's the Xbox. <laughs> so I just, I, every time I would watch that, I just, like, it really, it's where you started to really feel like, you know, some of those connections. And, you know, it was, uh, I, I always I appreciate that part of the video. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you another funny story about that video, too. If you look at some of the tattoos, one of the tattoos on there, uh, it's a guy by the name of Gary Denko, and he used to own a store in Bricktown, New Jersey called the Rainbow Rockatorium. This is where I used to go to buy all my kids bootlegs, right. T-shirts or whatever. So it was cool to see Gary in that video, and then years later when I met Gary, Gary was like, hey, that's me. So I thought the guy was a celebrity. <laughs> this guy's been in a Kiss video. He's a celebrity. You know, and then, you know, fast forward years later, I'm trading bootlegs with the guy. You know, it, it was exciting for me, and and like like you said, Matt, it was great to be like, that's it, that's our expo. I remember that. One. You know, I, I think of that every. I think of that every time I see it to this day, because you remember how big the Rothman Center expos right. were. Yeah, 
So and those early days of conventions, yeah. Mm-hmm. I used to be so envious of you guys that got to go to the ones in New York and New Jersey because I was, you know, down here in Tennessee, and we would—I don't think we got our first one until like '98. But uh, yeah, Is that I, the last one too. If, uh, no, we've had a, we've had a couple, but not very many. Um, but uh, yeah, you don't get much down here. But uh, yeah, New York always like the always always would be like, man, I'd love to go to New York to go to one of them up there because they're so big mm-hmm. up there. But um, is is Unplug our next one? Yes. Okay. Yes. So we move on to Unplugged. I I remember buying it when it first came out, and you know what? I mean, there's, I mean, it's great. You know, I remember watching it on MTV, and I rushed out to get it when it came out officially. The uh, I guess the main things we want to talk about. I mean, obviously the performance is awesome, and we all have great memories of that. But uh, the interview s- segments, and uh, I don't know if it's just me, but there's a definite noticeable strain a little bit with Bruce, but you oh, can definitely. you can really see it with Eric Singer. He looks like he's oh, yeah. ready to punch Gene in the face during some of these interviews. Oh yeah. Well, you know, like my take on Bruce was always like the the, the vibe I was getting like that in his head he's thinking, "Well, I guess I got to better start looking for a job." Yeah, right. Totally. And, yeah, you can tell because it's like they're basically, you know, Paul and Gene are both going on about how great it was to be with Ace and Peter, and you know they're thinking, "Yep." It's just a matter of time. Yeah. In fact, it might have already been in the works by the time they filmed those interviews. Well, when the- Eric had said that he didn't, after playing Unplugged, he didn't think Peter could, you know, do a tour. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I have to agree with him a little bit because you look at some of those videos and me being a drummer, listening to Nothing to Lose, like Peter's like a hair off. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Eric's let, letting Peter play a lot of the fills. So I could, you know, I could understand why, why Eric would think that. Yeah. Um, but to be totally honest, at that time, I don't think they knew. Oh, I think, I think they did. I think I think maybe they thought that okay, you know, how come Gene and Paul are, are an hour late, or how come Gene and Paul are out doing this? But I don't <laughs> think they knew. I think they suspected, and maybe that made them resent Gene and Paul even more. But I don't think they knew. At that I time. don't know, but I'm I'm pretty good with body language, and uh, you know, especially Eric. When Eric and Gene are sitting there, there's certain times where I'm like, man. Eric looks like he's visibly pissed off, and then I'm going to go, I'm watch that again. Well, and also the part where Paul is talking about he, Paul is sitting with Bruce, and he's saying, "I I just loved looking over and seeing Bruce and Ace talking about things, and I would have liked to have been a fly on the wall." And just the look on Bruce's face, I'm just I was just thinking awkward when I'm watching it. <laughs> okay. Bruce, the look at Bruce's face is like, "You son of a bitch!" I, I, you know, yeah. and maybe I don't I don't mean to put words in their mouths, and I'm not trying to be you know you know I'm not trying to make up make up something. This is just my impression from it, and I just remember thinking, eh, "I don't know." And then you know, Ace and Peter, of course, their interview clips. They seem you know, Peter seemed really. <laughs> We're in the money. Well, yeah, We're Peter seems money. really stoked. Stoked. Ace is Ace is just kind of like, eh, this is fun, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Just here, you know, how's it going, Curly? Yeah, it looks like it killed Ace to go. It 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 felt good. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's. Uh, honey, why were you out late for your dinner with your ex-wife the other night? You know, it's uh, and you know, it's that. You know what I mean? It's like, what's going on here? You can tell by those guys. It's that other shoe that they've been waiting to drop all along. Here they are, but they're back. Yeah. And that you know, to me, the the stuff that really I think some of the obviously the things that you come away with. That footage where they come in for the first time, they're going to rehearse, Freddy! Mm-hmm. And you go, that's the kind of stuff we've been waiting for oh, for years. Yeah, it was amazing. You know, is to see that. And and really, that's the thing to me. I mean, I love seeing stuff like Coming Home be the lead off. Like, it's a song that you've always loved, and now it's getting this fresh coat of paint 
and kind of coming out, you know, totally. as a lead track and like something like Going Blind, mm-hmm. where they're, you know, he's even singing the different lyric, and you're like, wow, what does Little Lady from the Land Beneath the Sea mean? You know, it's like the, uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. But then ultimately, for me, it's just what we're talking about that reunion when they come walking out on stage and it's what you've been waiting for for so long and to, i think the highlight i mean even when they're sing, when it's the four of them mm-hmm. and he does the version of beth where yep. he says me and the boys are playing Magic. and it you feel it yeah and it's just you know to me it's what we were waiting for all that time was that those four guys would share the stage now i love the parts where everybody's playing i think it's a great version of rock and roll night but if that truly was the ground, you know, you know, floor for what would become the reunion, it's it's fantastic, and I think uh, you know I, I really do enjoy a lot of those versions of the songs. Uh, and I'll I'll say I've done, I'm sorry to open my big mouth again, but I got to say um, this video, and I use this for a number of years when I would have friends of mine or family members that were that just out and out did not like Kiss, I would say watch this, and literally without fail. Almost every one of them would say, wow, these are actually really good songs, and they're actually right. really good, especially the stuff with Eric and Bruce. I mean, it's it's one of the most top-notch performances the band has ever put out, in my opinion. Def- definitely. Agreed. I, I, I completely agree. It's one of those ones that I keep on going back to. E- even now, it's one of my favorite things, and for a while, I just kept that video on loop because I thought the versions of the songs in there were so great. Yeah, they were incredible. And the fact that they dug out so many rarities, you know? That they, I mean, World Without Heroes from The Elder, that is one amazing transformation into an acoustic song, you know? I, I, I played that for my mother, and my mom was like, I really like this. She's like, that is awesome. And I was like, I know. And I just, you know, it just Gene doing See You Tonight, I'm, right. I am Love not it. a fan of his 78 solo by any stretch. I'm sorry, Gary. I know that's going to piss you off. But, um, <laughs> but... Hearing them do that, I was like, man, that it, it made me have a whole new respect for that song. I had, I, I mean, I just, I still well up with pride when I think of their performance on that show. It just, it's incredible. Yeah. If never I met you. Never I held you My feelings would never show It's time I start walking But there's so much that you'll never know I keep telling you Heart of woman You ain't a heart of woman Chris, what what are your thoughts on Unplugged? Well, like you said, you know, it's 
I love the fact that you have the obscure songs in the mix because as a longtime fan, to, to see them just, you know, deviating, not just in terms of the way they're playing the songs, but to actually play, you know, like you said, Going Blind or See You Tonight or, you know, or Plastercaster. Yeah, great. I mean, who would have thought, you know, Plastercaster would be the second song? You hear that and I'm going, oh, this is, yeah. this is unbelievable. Right. And, you know, and to see them all, you know, I, I and you, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe this is the first time that the four members of Kiss ever performed Beth together on stage. Uh, first yeah. and uh, without first a track. track. Right. Yeah, because if you think about it, it was always, you know, Peter singing to the tape. Whereas this time they were all playing instruments, you know, Peter sitting on a stool. And what amazed me too about that was that Ace's technique on the acoustic. Mm-hmm. Because I was just expecting him to, I, I don't know what I was expecting. I don't think I was expecting very much from him at that point. That and he either. kind of surprised me. Yeah. Like, he, you know, he came through in, in you know, in, especially for that song. And, you know, then to see the whole gang come together and do, like, you know, the, the encores of the last couple of songs, that was great, too. I mean, it was, this was, you know, wow, they're back. You know, and at this time, I don't know if I had any inkling that there was going to be a reunion, but at least for that moment in time, it was like, well, they're back together for at least for now. Yeah. You know, or for that time on the video. Yeah. Well, but, you know, even, even one of the kind of things that, for me, I loved right away, the first part, the first thing you notice, they got the camera flying over, what are they sitting on? It's the rock and roll yep, over cover. That was yeah. awesome. And, and which is my, I would say, my favorite image of the group. To me, that so is ingrained. That's Kiss. Yeah. And the fact that there it is, and it, it's now they're seated on the foundation of rock and roll over, and they got the mannequins in the background within the costumes. And at some point, you go, it's as much a tribute to everything they had done. And now bringing it into a whole other, you know, dimension. The way you're saying it, it reinvented some of those songs. Yeah. And I think that, um, you know, it really, as far as different things along the line, it really, you know, it did change them in some way because they, they, you know, when did you think you were going to hear Kiss doing stripped down versions? They were doing their own acoustic tour, which obviously I, I have a lot of, you know, you talk about nostalgia act. I loved when they did that tour. Um, you know, and, and I think that, but there are those visual things that right away you go, well, there it is, rock and roll over. Yeah, when's the makeup coming back? Exactly. Yeah. Was anybody, was anybody else annoyed that all the mannequins at the back were Love Gun except for Paul? Because every time <laughs> wow. I see that, every time I see that, I'm like, Love Gun, Love Gun, Love Gun. And they got the Eric Carr one, which was very cool, very cool tribute to him. And they look at Paul as you're like, why is Paul wearing the Dress to Kill costume and everybody else is wearing a Love Gun costume? Who did the fact checks? <laughs> Who did the fact checks? No, but aren't, aren't there a bunch of them? Because they were all the ones from their, from like their convention. convention tour. Maybe you just can't see them all. I don't know. I'm not sure. I wonder if there was there a Vinny one up there? I, don't, uh, <laughs> I doubt it. Uh, Vinny. Vinny was actually you know, outside picketing. But you know, that's actually that's actually something that up to this point, now obviously we've talked about most of the ones obviously we're gonna lead up to the reunion, the second coming. Yeah. But if you really go back, if you're a Vinny fan, there's very little representation of Vinny on any of this stuff. Yeah, like they're... you got all hell's breaking loose video, lick it up video, but like there's like is there there's hardly anything. They don't mention him at all. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you're if you were really tuning in and going, you know, hey man, where's that? You know, where's all the asylum stuff? Or where's you know, where's all the where's a Vinny solo? It's none of it's there. You well, know what I mean? It's like, you know, for whatever reason. But, well, there's there's fourteen going on fifteen reasons for that. You know, it, it, <laughs> yeah, you know right. what? It's funny because that's a lot of time. I think as a fan, I really always want to. I I want to ignore 
the reality of those problems. Like, right. like in the outside world, they maybe aren't getting along. Suck it up and give me some of those clips. You oh, know I agree. Like, you know. I love. I, yeah, I, you know, you got well. It's obvious. Anyone who knows my show knows that I that I'm a Vinny fan. Although Vinny would probably disagree. But um, <laughs> but you know, yeah, I I agree. And I I always hated that he was glossed over so much. Although right. he, he did get a good, he got a fair amount of exposure with the clips that they've used from the Rio show. I'll give him that. But uh, right, he, he was right. kind of mentioned a little bit in Extreme Close Up. You know the whole keys to the kingdom and <laughs> well, yeah, it was talked self-destructive about yeah but yeah yeah other people would I guess other people would definitely agree with that but I agree with Matt I you know it's kind of like well, do we really need to drag the dirty laundry into it why don't we just just show some of the stuff you know exactly and you know, yeah. again I go back to it all the time if we're watching this it's because we're fans of it and I think we want to celebrate it more than you know kind of look at the stuff that maybe they're uncomfortable with or you know that. I just, to me, that's the way I always want to look at it as more of let's see all the good stuff. Let's have a party with it. But I don't really care what your lawyer thinks. You know, <laughs> in, the one, you know in the one video, Paul says, like, you know, I know people that are lawyers and, and stuff like that. You go, really? Don't admit that. You know, <laughs> you know most people, uh, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm sure there's some lawyer who's a Kiss fan that's now pissed at me. But look, the first thing that comes to your mind is that something's, you know, someone's in trouble. So it's, you know. Yeah. Well, guys, this will inside one or part one of this discussion. Chris Karam, Matt Porter, Andrew Scambatti, thanks for joining me for this. Um, any Anybody want to plug anything before we go? Kiss Cruise 3 is coming up, and Mr. Speed is performing at the Kiss Cruise 3 pre-party. This is put on by the Kiss Cruise Maniacs. It's a benefit to benefit uh, Sophie's Place, which is a nonprofit organization that benefits children that have been abused. And all the money we raise at this event, and that goes for tickets and anything that we sell at this event, is going to this organization. Uh, we're also auctioning off a Gene Simmons signed Axe Base so, uh, by raffle tickets. That You have to be there to win it, but uh, Mr. Speed will be performing at the Kiss Cruise 3 pre-party, which is going to be October 27th, and the club is called Will Call. That's awesome. Matt, you want to plug the Kiss Room? Well, of course, yeah, if you're listening to the podcast, you're probably aware of the Kiss Room. Go to thekissroom.com. One thing I will say, you know, you do need to listen live because, like, last uh, last month, this June episode, something <laughs> happened to the file. From the time it took me to walk down the hall into my office with the file, 2013 for me has been pretty crazy, and this was just one more example of it. The file just disappeared. I can't explain it. There's forces in the universe that are beyond where I know where they are, and uh, you got to listen live because if you, if you didn't hear it live, you missed it. Uh, we're on on Thursdays in the summer, you know, and uh, I'm, I was thrilled that so many people followed us to Thursdays for this month's episode. Uh, tune in live. Hopefully we won't have the same problem again. Um, check us out, obviously, thekissroom.com, all kind of stuff going on in there. Cool. I think I heard that the uh, the lost tape wound up next to the uh, holster tape. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, Never to be seen or heard. Yeah. It's actually next to the reel to reel of a queen for a day with Ace on vocals. Oh, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Very cool. <laughs> and I got to get in my own plug since I hosted this thing. Uh, I host the Decibel Geek podcast. And as many of you know, we do a lot of Kiss themed episodes. And if you listen to us in July here, it's Kissmas in July, we d- where we devote every single episode of July to Kiss. And we have some great stuff. We've got some interviews with people that have never been on Kiss podcast before and some really cool behind the scenes stories coming. So uh, you can check that out at decibelgeek.com. So that's enough plugs. But um, <laughs> Chris, 
Karam, great having you on the show. Matt, great having you on the show. Andrew, great having you on the show. And uh, thank you guys for doing this with me. I hope you guys enjoyed uh, hearing our, us discuss long-form videos. Tell us what you think on the podcast uh, Facebook page, and uh, tell us what your memories are of these long-form videos. Join us on the next podcast 74 for part two. And uh, Ken and Gary, I'll leave the key under the mat. See you guys. All right, bye. See you guys. And that is our show. Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out on the web at www.podcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook and on iTunes. If you'd like to contact the podcast, please drop us a line at podcast at gmail.com. Big thanks to Julian and everyone at kissfaq.com. They've got great information there and a terrific message board, too. Thanks also to Keith LaRue and everyone else at Kiss Online for their great work representing the hottest band in the land. And as always, a big thanks to Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Fraley, Peter Chris, Vinnie Vincent, Bruce Kulick, Eric Singer, Tommy Thayer, and the memory of the late great Eric Carr, and the late great Mark St. John. You are KISS, and we are your army. Podcast is created by the KISS Army for the KISS Army, and it is available for free as an internet download. If you like what you hear on our show, go buy it and support the people who made it. Podcast is not affiliated with KISS or any of its members past or present. On behalf of myself, Ken, and the whole rest of the Podkiss crew, thank you for listening to Podkiss, the KISS fanzine for your ears. Right as I hit record, somebody belched. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, history Science Theater? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up, Des. All right. <laughs> Andrew, it's Scambatty or Betty? Yes, it's Scambatty. Scambatty. Okay. Yeah, I tell Ken every time, and he never. So I just let him have it. It's a good thing. It's a good thing I'm hosting because no one else would have be able to do my name. So, joining me today is Chris Karam. Is that how we pronounce it? No, it's Karam, but that's okay. okay. All right, let me try that again. The Podfather gets it wrong too, so I don't. You okay. know. Yeah. All right.